0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Found Purpose. I'm your host, Cortland Fields. Let's get into it. At that moment, what type of feeling was you, did you feel that, was it like, your? did your whole body feel numb? Like, what was it? Did you know that there was some type of a disconnect or something was wrong that was totally, like describe that feeling, like how?
1: It was almost like an out of body experience I felt at the time. Like, and now that we're talking through it, it did feel like I lost the part of me had left at that moment. Mm. Because I was sitting on the bed and she says, oh, we need you to come to the hospital. She didn't say anything about a car accident or nothing. I just need you to come to the hospital. And then I felt like I started to get up and then I couldn't get up anymore. I had to sit down. It was weird.
0: Your body's so heavy?
1: Yes. And I couldn't move. And then my daughter was like, come on, we got to go. And she was like, I'll help you put on your shoes. But I go through this kind of, I was in that moment, but then when she put the shoes on, I was like, okay, I could get up. And I got up and I got in the car. We don't live too far from Brookdale.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But basically, Joe Round got down to Avenue B, drive straight down to Avenue B and Rockaway because he was was Brookdale. Mm -hmm. Parked the car. And I got the energy to run down the street to the emergency room. And me, knowing Brookdale and not really liking Brookdale, I did not go through the front, the trio. I went through the ambulance section. Right. Bust in there. I'm here to see my lost smart running around trying to figure him out. And I saw the detective and the detective saw me and he's like, who are you? And I was like, I'm his mother. He says, oh, okay, let's walk this way. So we walked to the back and I guess they knew who I was because of how I burst into the space. And the doctor came to me and Portland, I can tell you, I don't even remember what the man said to me. I think he said something like he was in an accident and he didn't make it. And I'm looking at them like, what are you talking about? Did you try everything? And they said, we did. And something about me felt like, I don't know if you did. But anyway, they had him already in the body bag, took Mm. me to the body bag. And zipped it. Oh, I'm seeing all of this. It's crazy. Zipped the body back down. And I saw him in the bag. And I was on the floor screaming, screaming. Like I was holding my stomach, like my wound. Like that was everything. Remember, this is my first son. I was on the floor, rolling around on the floor. And then, you know, my daughter was with me. And while I was rolling around on the floor, I saw her sitting in the corner crying. I popped up. And I was like, no, I gotta get it together. Gotta get it together because she's there crying. And I gotta go take care of her.
0: That motherly instinct had to come back. And it's it's amazing how a mom. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional myself because I'm thinking about my mom and other moms who have lost their children. It's amazing how mom has so much a role and have and y'all yeah, don't get the credit that y'all deserve. Of how much willpower you have. Here you are, you just lost your oldest, and you can't even grieve yourself because you have to go take care of your other daughter.
1: Yep. I got up, had to go over there, make sure she's okay. And she was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And she called her best friend. Wow. And the best friend lives all the way in Williamsburg. This is Sunday, so people are out. It was a beautiful Sunday too, and let's say this was maybe around two o'clock. It was, re- it was weird. What I did though is I laid on the bed with him in the body bag. Mm. I did this like, and I just kept looking at him and saying, "This is the story. This is how the story ends." So you know, I had to call people like, "Look." I need you to get my mom. This is what happened. Mind you, he was supposed to pick her up from church. I don't know where she is, but I do need her to come to the hospital. Called his dad. I need you to come to the hospital. I just laid there for a really long time until, uh, this is graphic.
0: Who was able to get you, do you recall who was able to get you out of, move from your son to get you to
1: stand up? Do you recall? When I was laying on him? Who right. Yeah. Well, they started to say, like, like, oh, you need to go now because, you know, rigor mortis is going to set in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He started to bleed a little bit because he had had trauma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was like, you know, we, would have, we have to take him away now. But they did give me the moment to just like, and I looked at him. You know, my mom was there. I was worried about my mom. You know, she couldn't believe that she was squeezing his body like this is not can't be for real. It was for real. I got up. Then I walked down to where the car was because the car was still there. Like this is all fresh right. Went and try to get whatever things I could take out of his car because I was like, it's total. And I don't even want to see this again. Was the young lady with him? The young lady was there. That it wasn't was it at all. Not at all. Scrapes, little scratches that was an interesting story she took his phone and it was a lot of strength was coming out of me that day just I was navigating a lot of things her like she took the phone I was like can I get his phone and I went and I got the phone and there was messages in the phone she didn't want me to see of how she even got to be at that house you know be at whatever So anyway, I took the phone and the girl took the phone back from me in the hospital. And I had to be like, "Uh uh-uh, girl, (laughs) let me get that. And I'm putting it in my bag and I dare you to go in my pocketbook and take the phone out. All of these things I was just navigating. The dad acting crazy with my mother, my mother breaking down, my daughter, her best friend came, mom took her away. But then I have to now think in my head, I need to go see my oldest son upstate. He's at SUNY Delhi in the Catskills. I need to make sure he's okay, too. It was a lot of just navigating other people's emotions at that time.
0: When you think about the grieving process and the terms of the loss mm-hmm. and where you are today, where are you in the process today?
1: That's interesting because you know there's so many different stages to grief, right? Exactly. Right. I will say at that point, like days after, it was a lot of anger. And I want to be honest, it was anger towards that girl too. Mm-hmm. But today I want to say maybe is acceptance. Like mm. I know that he's not here. He would be 28 today. And in a few months, he would be 29. I miss him every day. There's not one day that goes by that I don't think about him. But uh, he is an inspiration to think about that.
0: Speak about that. Speak upon
1: it. Oh, my God. So just to let you know, there's like some minutes on here. Is it going to keep going? He's an inspiration. And just the things that you said to me about when you first met him is inspiring to me. He there were some things he said to me in the two weeks before he passed. And one of them that stuck with me is what you shared today. He said, you know, a great leader knows how to follow. Right. And my whole thing right now is about leadership. Like I want, and my staff know, what does Meredith want to be? The best leader I could ever be. And I tell them all the time, it's so crazy. they like, where's she getting this from? You know, a good leader knows how to follow. So I'm very hands on with my team. Like I'm not going to have them do anything that I wouldn't do. And I take direction from them a lot. Right. A lot a lot. I let them lead me a lot. What do you
0: think helps you in the process of the loss?
1: So I think because I say he's an inspiration Mm -hmm. son, that was my everything. Like my heart was so just broken. I don't even think it was broken. I feel like that space was just not there. Right. But I said, and I think that was a pact that myself and my children made. Like he did so many amazing things in the little bit of time that he was here, right? Just in his name, we have to move forward doing like living our best life. But when we say our best life, we don't mean selfishly best life, like traveling, even though we did a lot of traveling because of him, but best life in terms of just being a really good person. Right. Altruistically, right? About giving back, being mindful, caring about others. Because a lot of people that came to us and told us about stories about what Allah did for them, I didn't even know he was doing these things, right? He would come home late from school every single day. I think there was anger towards her just maybe because I feel like there was information that she did not give to me about what happened. hmm Right. And then when she started to tell us what happened, there was just a lot of inconsistencies. Like she told us that, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but one big inconsistency she told us that they took her, she was unconscious when she left the scene. And that was not true. I happened to go back to the scene one day to put like a little memorial up for him. And these people just happened to come across the street. They didn't know who I was and just started to talk to me about the accident. And it was like, yeah, we saw everything. And, you know, we helped the girl get her out the car. You know, we had her on the sidewalk. She was awake. And they took your son. I don't think at the time they knew that he was my son. I think I told them afterwards because I wanted to hear everything they were going to tell me. Right. And it was like, yeah. You know, the firefighters came. They took him out the car. They put him on the stretcher. And they told me he took his last breath in the ambulance. Yeah. They, they watched it. And I was interesting and that was a lot and she was okay she sat there I was like oh okay so there was some anger towards her because she would not tell me everything that happened that day to give me closure and all of us closure
0: Do you think you're angry at her now
1: I think I've moved on you know and that's being angry at her is not going to bring him back right right but what I remember I was saying is that what he did and what ins- he has is- inspired myself and my children to do is to live our life being the best people we can. And I think from that day, September 15, 2013, I've been on a journey of finding my purpose. Hmm. Yes. And just really being a good person.
0: Now let's let's talk about that finding your purpose because I lost a child myself, but that's different from you had a whole lifetime, years, decade with your child. Finding your purpose, which mm-hmm. is what this podcast is about, finding purpose after grief after loss. Where did that strength come from? Can you speak about that strength? Can you speak about the day? Or do you can you remember the day that you said, you know what? I'm going to live, I'm going to move, I'm going to do something in his name. Whatever it was, like how, talk about the day. How did that happen for you?
1: So I think I was starting to say like two weeks before he passed away, there was just, it was just the conversations. Like I had my best time with him that summer. Like I got, it was just amazing. And then he was just really telling me like, you know, you work, you know, I'm a fashion stylist, right? Of course, you have and- me. <laughs> right. And I was doing visual styling for Banana Republic on Fifth Avenue flagship store doing the windows because it was across the street from Sex Fifth Avenue. They had to have the most amazing windows. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, they, they pay you what you're worth. Like, you need to leave them. I don't know why you keep working for them. And he was telling me, oh, you know, if you, you know, there's so many places that would pay you what you're worth. Do you know what you come to this, what you come here with, right? Yeah, this is going to lead to a funny part of the story. So just when he passed away, there was just so many people telling me about things that he did for them that I didn't know. Like all of this, like he did his own thing and he was a good, he was a good kid, right? And he would come home late from school every day. Why are you alone so late? Oh, because I had to take, you didn't have to take Danny home. So he takes the long way. He wants, and you know, his school is in Queens. We live in deep in Brooklyn. He has to make sure Danny gets home. Okay. And Jarve gets home. Okay. Then he catches the bus and gets himself home. Okay.
0: You know, it comes from sometimes with children, some things are just instilled in them because of their parents, because of other things you do, because I remember you came a long way to help. Me, you understand. So it's like some people, good-hearted people, go comes out their way. And but being in a JROTC, especially in the Air Force, in the military branch, it's always service before self.
1: He said that a lot. And
0: never leave a man behind.
1: He said that a lot.
0: You know what I mean. So it's like if I have a ride, and you need a ride for you to get home safe, then I need to make sure you get home safe. You know. And that's one thing I always instill in my kids and I seen in him. And it's like, those are the qualities that you can't, you can't get from a person. And that's why this world has lost a, a beautiful person. But I believe we gained us uh, an amazing guardian. Yes, yes.
1: And it's funny with the ride thing, because I would go to his school to pick him up and he's like, okay, so we are you home, these three people. Okay, we don't ask, but he also knows I will do it.
0: And now, now you
1: know where you get it from. Yeah, but now it's making sense. Like we would go, okay, we're taking all these people home. And then my children pick up the same habit too. So when I pick them up, I'm taking home all these people. I go to the Catskills to pick up my son from school. I'm taking home other people. So that's when I want to say, like, that's the inspiration he gave to us. But I want to say, I knew I had to pull myself together because I had still two more children. hmm And because of that loss, I didn't want to lose them.
0: Mm, Speak about that. What do you mean by you didn't want to lose them?
1: I became, it was so crazy because I want to tell you, I had the, and I want to say the thing with the military is they did provide bereavement and I went to counseling for two years, but I was becoming extra like PTSD is what I had. Like I was experiencing anxiety if I didn't hear from my son when he was taking the bus to get to school. If I didn't hear from my daughter, she came home a minute late. Serious, like heart palpitations, all kind of stuff happening. The
0: post-traumatic stress disorder, that really, I can see how that will affect you. And so you were basically being extra cautious and wanted to know where your kids were all the time, at all times.
1: Yep. Yeah. And it was extreme because I remember when my son was coming or he was going back to school and I, I was just like a whole panic attack. But I had to learn to be patient with myself. And that's where I learned patience with myself. Like, I know I'm not going to get over this today and I'm not expecting myself to get over this today. And I need to just take the time to take care of me.
0: Did the other two children find that when you was acting, when you was being extreme, a little bit overwhelming? Or did they understand?
1: I think they understand, but they used to always have to remind me, you know, this is a lot. (laughs) You're doing a lot and I'm going to be okay. And eventually as time went on, I was okay. Like they're being in their own space, but they understood because my daughter actually did a poetry. She did a a compilation book, not by herself, Mm -hmm. but in the book, she wrote about how she saw strength in how I handled My son passing away,
0: Mm.
1: and I didn't even know that she she noticed. Mm -hmm. She wrote, you you know, I used to cry at night, and she wrote about that. And you know, when they do these books, and they have like, I want to say the book premiere, right? And she chose to read that part, and that was like, wow, she noticed it, but she saw strength in it, and she said that was strength for her, you know. So. And inspiring each other.
0: It's so amazing how we don't see how we are affecting our own kids every day. Even as they get older, we're still showing them how to be because they're, they never got to our age yet. So it's like, well, how I'm going to handle this? Well, how I'm going to handle this? And so we're, we will forever be that role model. We are the first role model if it's so amazing so that's why i always tell my kids it's like whatever you need you gotta come you come home right, right. always come home right if it, you hit the streets come home for me and yeah. i will help you get you on your feet and that is beautiful that she saw your weakness and your vulnerability and she saw you take that weakness and that vulnerability to and come a strength for her so she put herself together that is Freaking amazing. This has been another episode of Found Purpose. Remember, your spirit is never too broken, shattered, or damaged where it can't be fixed. Put God first, and everything is fixable. Let's start healing in the spirit.